Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe in Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's got the Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923 and enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, hello and good evening from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Bill Sparks. And I've got a cast of presenters here. They're really here to tell you a lot about sports. Take it away, Sean. Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. Okay. See, I, didn't, I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Because we try to do things uh, somewhat in alphabetical order. Right. Anyway, okay. Yeah. So, uh, hello, everybody. This is Sports Sounds Live. As we say, this is show number 114. It is October 18, 2020. And uh, we're going to uh, cover everything that we possibly can. And uh, there's been a lot happening this week. Uh, the NFL, luckily, uh, basically went off. Uh, Kind of without a hitch. There've been some people. We had some scares in the league, but we did. We don't have to spend ten minutes talking about the virus and the procedures before we even get to the scores. We'll be able to do that fairly quickly. First, what we'll do, of course, Sean will do his introduction. Then we'll have Robert talk about boxing. We had a big boxing match on ESPN last night. He'll explain and uh, his NASCAR information. Then we'll do the NFL, and then we'll do the. Uh, scores we'll do the schedule and listen to the schedule because it's not what your schedule says it is it's been changed because of the uh, things in the last couple of weeks with all the other cancellations i went through and wrote it up and have it the way we think it is or the way it's scheduled to be but then again anything can change with the nfl these days so we're going to do all that nfl there's some nfl news then we will do um the uh, college football stuff then we'll go on to baseball because, of course, tonight we have a seventh game uh, with the Braves and Dodgers, and we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the uh, Rays going to the World Series and other baseball news and rumors. Then we'll do NA- NBA. Lakers won that championship, NHL. And then we uh, have a poll question that Sean will talk about, and then we'll run down our deaths. And there's a big one, another baseball Hall of Famer, unfortunately, has died, and that is Joe Morgan. So we'll be talking about him and uh, a few other people. But anyway. And, another, Sean, and, the, other big, and the other big one, Chris, is going to be a uh, sports uh, sports talk show host in the Midwest. So if you're in the Midwest, this is a name I assure you you should know. Yeah, so we'll do that. Actually, Bill, we, we don't have a full-fledged obituary because that happened later today. So what Bill's going to do is play some audio about that. We're going to do the Joe Morgan death. Then he'll play the Sid Hartman death. That's the guy we're going to talk about. And then the other death that we have ready. And then um, that'll be the story. So anyway, Sean, why don't you uh, go ahead? All right. Well, first of all, let me give you the poll question, we're going to do it a little earlier, like Chris said, we're going to do it before the desk, because those of you that don't want to hang around and sit through all the who died or whatever, hey, but you want the discussion, you can get on on that. We've had some pretty good discussions the last couple of weeks on these poll questions, but th- this week's poll question, your team, team or teams you follow, some of your biggest sports heartaches that are letdowns or, you know, and you'll... 
you'll answer that later, and the way you'll answer that, and the way you'll call in and answer or have questions or comments on any of the topics is by dialing 646-876-9923 or downloading the Zoom app and doing 287-723-4600. Pound key twice when you're in. Uh, star nine, raise your hand. I'll wire the computer. You can figure out how to do it on your on your smartphone. And when we call on your name, you'll hit star six to unmute yourself. Also, uh, comments, questions, criticisms, anything you want to see different about the show, anything you like about it. Uh, of course, eight hundred six nine three zero five nine five option two. Say it's for sport lounge, sports lounge live. Or if you want to contact us directly and get a message where Chris, Perry, Robert, and I will all hear it. 773-572-7715 and hit the pound key when you hear the greeting. Otherwise, you can sit there and listen to my uh, pro wrestling line. I'm talking about the anniversary of All Elite Wrestling, the one-year anniversary of, of it. So, also, when you want to see schedule changes, whatever, you might want to check out 712-432-3642. 413 is your schedules board and board 9 is your sports lounge news comment board, anything like that. Also, I forgot to tell you, you can email us at sportslounge at allthingsradio.net. But, yeah, let's get into, we had some, a pretty big boxing match that got a lot of hype there. Why don't we talk about that, Robert? And let us uh, yeah, well, first of all, before I get into that, for the NASCAR people out there, Joey Logano won the race in Candace uh, today, so uh, the next one will be at uh, Texas Motor Speedway next week. So, and they're going to be down to the final four next week. Uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be the final eight. And then final the eight. Fi- That's right. It is final eight. Yeah. And then the final four will eventually race off against each other in Phoenix. Uh, that's where that's the right. final. That's where the final race. Will when be. is that? The Sunday before Thanksgiving. That's usually. Uh, that'll be like up, right? I think November the eighth. Chris is when the oh, season a little will early yeah. Then. yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's so. usually the second Sunday in November. Usually. Is when well, uh, okay. yeah, they've had it. They've had it go as late as the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But yeah. NASCAR has yeah. moved things around this year because of scheduling changes and what have you. Right. So, okay. uh, as as far as boxing goes. Uh, last night on ESPN, uh, we saw history. We had all four of the lightweight belts available. For those that don't follow boxing, that is the WBA, WBC, WBO, and IBF. Those are the four major sanctioning bodies in boxing. Uh, well, for the first time in history, somebody is now holding all four of those belts. It is ne- it's never happened before in the sport of boxing. Uh, Teofimo Lopez... Uh, defeated Vasily Lomachenko last night by a unanimous decision. The scores were 116 to 112. That's eight rounds to four. Uh, 117 to 111, that's nine rounds to three. Those two I don't have a problem with. The one scorecard that I have issue with was 119 to 109. What that means is, for those of you that don't, don't follow boxing, that's 11 rounds to one. And believe me, that was not an 11 round to one kind of fight. I per- I personally scored it seven rounds to five in favor of Lopez. Um, now Lopez has all four belts at the, at the 135-pound division. He could either keep all those belts and stay in the division and defend them, or he's also indicated that he might move up and go after all the belts at 140. So and he will. He's only he, what 23 years old, if I remember he, right. Yeah, yeah, he's he's only 23 years old. He's from Brooklyn, New York. Um, 
and he was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, his dad uh, told uh, told everybody when he found out that him and his wife were having a, a boy, he said he will be a professional boxer. He will be a multi-division world champion. And so far, everything that his dad has said has come out to be true. But, of course, there's a lot of drama involved in that family, and it would take forever to go into that. But yeah. uh, needless to say, the way I heard it described was he's rich, his dad was Richard Williams on steroids. That is correct. That's yeah. the exact kind of um, thing that, you know, he's gone through the same thing that the Williams sisters had to go through when they were kids. But, you know, he's all by himself, and, you know, the sisters had that activity to go through together and you know so yes. but anyway i know uh it w- it'll be interesting to see how the ratings were uh espn has indicated uh until uh until winter time at least they're going to start showing a lot more boxing so we'll, we'll see how these good i think yeah. that's good for the sport people like me who watched a lot of boxing mm-hmm. then we kind of got away because everything was on pay-per-view and I commend ESPN for putting it on basically free cable. Well, not free, but, you know, regular cable Almost television. cable, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, well, it's on your lowest tier. I, I, I give credit to both of the fighters in this case yeah. because uh, both fighters could have gone to pay-per-view and made a lot more money. But uh, they said, no, people are at home. It's during a pandemic. We want to do it on TV where everybody can see it. So Good. Okay. And maybe, so I, I maybe guess, if it works out... Maybe Maybe if it works out, you might see, you might start seeing more, you know, because people are like, oh, I don't want to pay for pay-per-views. You might see higher rights fees for these. Uh, I, you know, that's the thing. It, it, then it's more indirect. I think the fighters like that money right in their pocket. Yeah. And I think no, that pay-per-view I, is really gone, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's, a way, it's just the way it is nowadays. Uh, you, will, you will see certain fights on pay-per-view. Matter of fact, if Lopez stays at 135, in a couple of weeks, two more two more fighters will be fighting for the possibility of challenging him if he decides to stay at 135. And that fight will be on pay-per-view, and that will happen on Halloween. And also ESPN is going to have another big card on Halloween night also. So uh, I may have two different fights to talk about on November 1st. Okay. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll bet our listeners are saying, give me my NFL scores because well, they are. Go right ahead. So we're going to do that. And we're going to start right away with what mm-hmm. might have been the best game of the day. Titans 42, Texans 36 in overtime. But the Texans, Sean, were up 36 to 29. Why did they go for two? Oh, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. No. They could have just kicked the extra point. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have gone to overtime at all. But, you know, Romeo, the, the, Bill O'Brien is still haunting them through Romeo Cornell, I guess. He, he's, he's doing well, something. But, and and, Dar- and Derrick Henry had a, had a very big game here today. Yeah. He had a 94-yard touchdown run. He had the five-yard touchdown run in overtime to win the game. So yep, he had over game 260 game. yards, 264 yards in offense, and I think three touchdowns, something like that. But he, yeah, so it was back and forth. You know, Tennessee had the early lead, and uh, Houston did come back, and and uh, so forth. But yeah, these these two, I don't know whatever card they need to burn. Whatever the card says about when you're up by this. First of all, game and and it's time. It's the circumstances. It is a 50-50 proposition about getting the, the two-pointers. And if you if they had kicked the extra point, which is about an 85 to 90 percent possibility, then they're up and by uh, you know eight, and they have to make Tennessee come yeah. down, score the touchdown, which they did, and then go for two, and they might win 37-35. Yeah, so, well. Right um, 
And for those of you that, for those of you that want the Derrick Hendrick stats, uh, he 22 rushes, 212 yards, two catches for 52 yards, and right. three yeah. touchdowns. So that would be 264 yeah. and three touchdowns, Robert. Yeah, thank you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you're behind and you're trying to avoid overtime, I can see going for two. Try then it. I see. Yeah, then I get it. When you're ahead, why if would you're you ahead? Do no. Yeah. No. Okay. So then the next game on the agenda. Colts 31, Bengals 27. Bill, you probably paid more attention to that game than I did, so why don't you tell me about that one? Well, that game started out quite nicely for the Browns. They were up 21 to nothing. For, for the Bengals. Bengals. For the Bengals. Bengals. I'm sorry. Well, Browns will talk about that too later. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Bengals, anyway, they were up by three touchdowns. The Colts didn't have a clue. They couldn't get anything stopped. No offense. Then all of a sudden, they turned it on in the second quarter, almost caught up, scored three touchdowns, went ahead in the second half, pretty well had it in hand in a key interception at the end. Phillip Rivers wasn't throwing interceptions today. Running game was a little better, and of course, the the passing game was better, but the defense came up big when they had to, and it's as simple as that, but... You know, the Bengals are kind of like the Texans. They'll find some way to lose that game. There's no Bengals, way. They... I think the Bengals are coming, but the Bengals are just not re- quite ready for big They're time not yet. quite there yet. They're on right. their way. And I heard, like just said today, Philip Rivers threw more touchdown passes today than he did in the first four games combined. But that's correct. He did. So that, that's all I'm going to say. If he hadn't have done that today, we would have been talking about a completely different outcome. And if it wasn't for the rookie safety Blackman, um, we would have been talking about because he picked off a key interception when they were driving at the end. So good job. I do not think they will hang with Tennessee, though. But that's just my prediction. Yeah. Falcons 40, Vikings 23. The the Vikings actually cut into the lead in the fourth, and then the Falcons finally pulled away and won the game. But, they did. But Kirk Cousins, uh, I, I, Kirk Cousins, Cousins had three, three picks. Yeah, they did. Yeah, talk about and the thing is, uh, bringing a new coach, at least you get one win. I mean, that's what happens. Um, yeah, you know, Raheem Morris. Dan Quinn. When Dan Quinn was fired right after the He was fired, the and Thomas yeah. Dimitrov, the uh, general manager, was also fired. But they brought in uh, Raheem Morris as the coach, and uh, they got a win. And, uh, you know, the Falcons do have an offense. That's not the problem. The problem is they don't have any defense. But Minnesota, now you go back, and, and this is just to quickly talk about last Sunday night's game, uh, Mike Zimmer, who lost his game, the, no uh, strategy involved, just his team got beaten. But last week he had a situation where he could have a field goal to take an eight-point lead with about two minutes to go, and he didn't. He went for fourth and one to say, okay, we could get this first down we can just win the game right here and they couldn't do it and they didn't get the uh, the first down he could have took taken a, a chip shot to make it 29 21 and you know russell wilson even with no timeout going all the distance of the field which he had to do is going to do it because russell wilson's right there with brady and rogers and the other uh, top quarterbacks to do that and he did and they beat them so you know mike zimmer's coaching uh, has to be questioned and you know they've got some injuries i understand that but they really uh need to think about what where they're going because they this is very disappointing atlanta somewhat disappointing this year but minnesota is very disappointing they were uh, right there with the packers and bears last year and they are nowhere near the packers and bears this year giants 20 washington 19 again we had a two-point problem the uh, washington i was about to, i just about said redskins again but <laughs> washington went for two to win at the end and lost by one they should have tied it and went to overtime but that's right 
That's right. And I don't understand. I understand that these teams that are kind of out of it. You know, nobody in that division is actually out of it, though. A win in this division, I mean, you, you know, you could get in. They were talking about uh, Carolina, I think, in 2014, got in the playoffs at 7, 8, and 1. And, you know, somebody's going to get in with a record like that. And if, if you get your first win, which the Giants have now, the Redskins have, and, uh, you know, the Eagles lost, the Cowboys may lose. So that would mean the Giants would have picked up a game on everybody in that division by winning that game. Or the Redskins could have done it. So I, so, so I nearly did it, Chris, that you just turned around and did it. Yes, so, I yeah. did do it. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to set up a, a fine system yes. or something. Yeah, a swear jar for the Redskins. They need, what they need to do is they need to name the team. They needed to do this earlier and name the team. If we were calling them the Washington something or another, we would be doing much better than not calling them anything, you know? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. See, because on my notes, I just simply put Washington. Yeah, so that, I do that, too, but that that's how help. I can yeah. Ravens 30, Eagles 28. The Eagles were out. They were down and out in this game and then scored 22 points in the fourth quarter and a two-point conversion away from tying that game. I don't know whether it's no fans or what this year, but people are at least coming close to, if not almost always, blowing big leads. I mean, that didn't happen in some of the games today. But you see it so often. Even the Falcons, like we talked about, it got way down. The 21 nothing. the the Bengals were ahead, and they blew that one. I mean, I don't understand the huge comebacks this year. There's been more of them uh, either successful or not quite. Uh, And whether it's the lack of fans, I don't know, but it's it's, Well, Philly did have 7,500 fans there. Yeah. Okay. Baltimore jumped out to a 17 nothing lead before Philadelphia could do anything, and yeah. uh, and Baltimore almost blew this game. It's hard to believe. They you did. know, going back well, to the Tennessee game, though, it sounded to me like they had a lot of fans there. Now, whether they did or yeah, not, they had a pretty good. They had about 20, uh, Mark Vandermeer said, I think it was around 27,000 fans. Uh, but, okay. I mean, it, yeah. and, the, and they were loud. I mean, they were into the game, so. That's well, good. And the Houston announcers were at the game there in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. they, they go. Good for them. Yes. All right. Okay. Steelers 38, Browns 7, all we can say to quote the great Stephen A. Uh, Baker Mayfield was put on the bench for Case freaking Keenum is what he called him. Well, I think that might have been garbage time and just to protect him. I mean, I I don't know. I don't think it's like they really – and he might have been a little banged up, too. I don't really think it's a question uh, that he wouldn't play in the future. But, uh, you know, it, it's like this was a measuring stick game. This is where, okay, first week we played Baltimore, we got killed. Okay. Then we win four in a row with the Browns. Brown, and now we're coming up, okay, the other big boy in the division is the Steelers. we got to play them. We got killed. So they are not ready for that. Now, what they may be ready for is a wild card spot because, remember, you get three wild cards, and that's what they're going to be looking at probably. But they, you know, they've, they've improved. They're better, and they've got a Real head coach this year, which is something they haven't had before. So no. we'll see what they can do. Yeah. Basically, he played like what Lou Holtz called him on accident one time, Bacon Mayfield. Okay. <laughs> Bears, All right. Bears beat the Panthers today. Bears twenty three, Panthers sixteen, and that was it. Was a close game, but I never thought that the Bears were going to lose the game. No, and that's a pretty and good win going are... into Carolina. And it is the thing. The thing about it too is they played pretty consistently. You know, remember in these other games, you could say, "Well, they didn't do this in the first half, and they did that in the second, or vice versa." This time, they kind of got off to a decent start and held them at arm's length. And of course, you know, you don't have Christian McCaffrey. That's a big part of their offense, Carolina. And yeah. that's a problem. But you know, the, the, it's a decent team. The Bears are the Bears are a pretty good team, and they beat a team on the road uh, that is a decent team. So it's and a good win for the Bears. Place, the Bears are. And, they Car- are. and, and by Carolina points, won- yes, they are. Yeah. And Carolina had won three in a row before this. So Chicago went into Carolina and actually did what you know they they wanted to prove to everybody that they're a real team this year, and that's what they did. Huh? Yep. Lions thirty four, Jaguars sixteen. 
The Jaguars are, are they're having a whole lot of trouble this year. Yeah, yeah, they, they are. are. Yeah. yeah, if it wasn't for the Jets, they'd be the worst team in football. They, yes, they and, would. And yeah. the, the thing is, they, they're they not even really staying competitive too, too much. And uh, the Lions went in and, again, did just when you think Matt Patricia is about to give up. Now they've won a couple in a row. They yeah. had a buy in between to prepare, but they're two and three now. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not necessarily contending for a playoff spot, but they're, uh, they're at least uh, up ahead of the Vikings, and uh, we'll see what they can do. You know, the, the more wins they get, uh, the the better for Matt Patricia because he's got to win as many as he can this year. That's correct. Broncos 18, Patriots 12. Chris, six. Yes. Brandon McManus field goals, and that's mm-hmm. all they needed. Well, the deal is, you know, nobody's going to be writing an overture about this thing. I'll tell you that. You know, you would think if you hadn't been here, you would have thought that it was this was a game in the rain because nobody was doing anything. They couldn't move the ball. you got to give it to the Patriots defense. They were on the field all the time. Now, the problem with the Patriots was, you remember, I know all over the country we heard, you know, this day there'd be a case and that day there'd be another case and maybe a, a false positive or whatever. The Patriots have been flirting with a bunch of people having the virus. Well, they didn't really have an outbreak, but what they did have was the offensive line. Two of their starters, uh, Shaq Mason and uh, David uh, Farron, were out. And then they had a couple of injuries on the offensive line, too. So that meant, and then you, you're pairing that with the lack of weapons that uh, Cam Newton even has to throw. To. He's got Edelman, and that's about it. James White out of the backfield, and that's about it to throw to. He's got, uh, you know, some running. Sony Michelle is one of the people that had is on the virus list. He was already out with another injury, but he does have the virus. So, you know, you, you've got a team that really is offensively challenged anyway when you really look at it. And, um, they're now behind the Dolphins. I mean, they're two and three, and the Dolphins are ahead of them. And uh, it's really not going to be good if they don't uh, get these offensive linemen back. But they've got to—I don't know who they're going to go out and get or what. But he, they can't continue to play like this. This is terrible. And but the Denver, trading deadline in the NFL is in a couple of weeks. So Denver yeah. made it interesting. Drew Locke threw three interceptions, uh, a couple of interceptions near the end to help the Patriots. Gave them nine points uh, near the end, and uh, that made it uh, close. But uh, you know, uh, basically, Denver—Denver uh, Denver was the better team today. Yeah. Dolphins 24, Jets 0. Uh, don't need to say too much about this game because it wasn't that. a game. Although no. Tua made his debut today in the fourth quarter. so Yep, he's one for one in the NFL. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yes. Yeah. Bucks 38, Packers 10. Uh, Aaron Rodgers threw two picks in a row, and I, that's mm-hmm. what got the Buccaneers going. It was 10 to nothing Packers, and then yep. after those two picks, it was 14 to 10. And, and right. with the Buccaneers. Yeah, Tampa yeah. Bay just took over the game, and that was it. Brady yep. got off to a slow start, but then once he got the, you know, they, they got that uh, interception that was run back for a touchdown, then he had a short little drive got, that got him going. And also there was a Rob Gronkowski sighting. He did very well in this game, uh, caught a touchdown pass, so it looks like that connection's being rekindled. So, um, you know, Tampa Bay is now uh, in first place in that division because the Saints didn't play and Carolina lost. So uh, they're 4-2, and two, and the uh, Carolina is 3-3, three and three, and the Saints are 3-2. and two. So. Uh, box lead the division right now. Mm-hmm. Rams 49ers are just underway. Bills Chiefs tomorrow at five. I believe that's an ESPN game. No, no, no that's it's Fox. Fox and Fox, NFL Network. Fox oh, that's right. NFL it is Fox. Yep. Okay, it is a Fox NFL Network. Replacing the Thursday night game, yeah. 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 And then um, Cardinals Cowboys, that is an ESPN game. That tomorrow. is correct. Is. So correct. those are and your NFL. Way, in, the, in the Buffalo Kansas City game, uh, 
Le'Veon Bell will not, by the way, he was let go, of course, by the Jets and picked up by Kansas City. He will, due to COVID protocol, he will not be ev- uh, eligible for tomorrow night's game. Cause they he, have to, he, he, he will, he will make his debut next week against the Broncos. So, yes. Okay. Chris, how about the next week's schedule? All right. Now, I had to uh, create some of this because uh, everybody who has their schedules at home, they're, they're relatively useful, but not totally because uh, there have been changes. Uh, we went through and there were some nice articles that appeared during the week and showed that San Diego, I mean, the Chargers, who haven't even had a, a case of the virus, have had like three games changed just because they're in the wrong place at the wrong time schedule-wise. So, And then one of them is coming next week. So we've got a, a revised schedule. So this, uh, pay attention to this one. This is as close as I could come to it. And, of course, again, we don't know what's actually going to happen until it happens. But anyway, starting on Thursday night, we're back to having a Thursday night game. But it's the Giants against the Eagles, and it's going to be on Fox at, uh, I think it's, what, 820, I think that is. Yeah, that's correct. At Fox and NFL Network. And then on Sunday, Detroit at Atlanta, 1 p.m. on Fox. Cleveland at Cincinnati, 1 p.m. on CBS. Carolina and New Orleans, 1 p.m. on Fox. That'll be a good game. Buffalo at the Jets, 1 p.m. CBS. Dallas and Washington, 1 p.m. on Fox. Tennessee and Pittsburgh, that's one of the games that got moved from week three, and that will be in Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. on CBS. Uh, Green Bay and Houston, 1 p.m. on Fox. Seattle and Arizona, 4.05 p.m. on Fox, which means CBS has the uh, doubleheader game. Then we have uh, Jacksonville at the Chargers for uh, 25. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, oh, that's well, right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. A, yeah, okay. 425 uh, CBS. Yeah, we've got actually, we only had two 4 o'clock games. We've got a bunch of them this week coming okay. up. Kansas City at Denver, also 425 on CBS. San Francisco and the Patriots, 425 uh, on uh, on uh, CBS also, which is strange. It's going to be on CBS, but it will be maybe just to clear things for the World Series, I guess. Uh, Tampa Bay at Las Vegas is the Sunday night game, 820 on NBC. The Monday night game is the Bears and the Rams at Los Angeles, 815 on ESPN. The buys are not the same either. Baltimore is on a buy, which was not scheduled. Baltimore has a buy. Indianapolis, Minnesota, and Miami, who did was not supposed to have a buy. So that's yeah, it. It was supposed to have been Tennessee and the Char- Tennessee and was it the Chargers that were supposed to have a buy yeah. originally? So, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It's more confusing if we mention what was supposed to happen that <laughs> yeah. didn't happen. But yeah. anyway, so basically I think we've covered most of these notes. Uh, Dak Prescott is out for the season. Uh, he has uh, uh, fractured his ankle and dislocated it. So he's out. He had the surgery and uh, hopefully he'll be back next year. New Orleans is negotiating with LSU to play at the Tiger Stadium because uh, in that county or wherever they can have some fans there. So they could they cannot do that in the Superdome. Plus it would be outside. It wouldn't be inside. So that's safer. Um, and as we said, uh, Le'Veon Bell went from uh, the, G- uh, the, yeah, the Jets to the Chiefs and uh, there's going to be some money paid, I guess, by the Jets. I don't know what the... Uh... They're required to pay most of it except the league minimum. They're on the, yeah. they're on the hook for the majority of his contract. Yeah, and uh, the, one of the reasons why they dumped out of his contract is he had an $8 million injury uh, clause in his contract for next year. So if they kept him through this year, and that would automatically kick in for next year, and the Jets wanted to get out of that. so Okay, and I know this is going to break everybody's heart, and the people will have to figure out what they're going to do on, like, the last Sunday in January. But the Pro Bowl, <laughs> the Pro Bowl has been canceled. Thank God. No Pro Bowl and this so- year. They're going to they're going to play it in Las Vegas. They're going to play it in Las Vegas in 2022. People will be named to the team though, because the reason for that is there are things that people contract about uh, being on the Pro Bowl or if you're a Pro Bowl or whatever. So uh, they have to do that. What were you going to say, Sean? 
I'm going to say one reason they're doing that is if they have to have a Week 18 and they have to push the playoff back one week, they don't have to worry about pushing the Super Bowl back. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the Super Bowl, it was also announced this week the Super Bowl that was scheduled to be in New Orleans in 2024 has been moved to 2025 because apparently the Super Bowl in 2024 uh, that was supposed to be in New Orleans would have conflicted with Mardi Gras, so they have moved it to 2025. So the NFL has to figure out where they're going to put the Super Bowl in 24. Oh, they'll figure it out. They'll and figure Blake it out. Bortles, uh, and we want to make sure for everybody's benefit that everybody knows that Blake Bortles is a quarterback. Yeah. Anyway, Blake Bortles was uh, released by uh, the Denver Broncos. Uh, they, Drew Locke came back, and they actually had a reasonable pr- uh, performance by uh, uh, Brett R- um, Rippon. So they decided and, uh, they could. Jeff Driscoll is still there. So and Driscoll's no. there. So they basically decided to part ways with uh, Blake Bortles. So yep. I think that's all the NFL. News I think we it have. is too. So why don't we take our break? Then we'll come back. We can tell you one team that is in the World Series and what teams might be joining them after tonight. We'll, so we'll be back in a couple minutes. Keyboard Cat, Hamilton the Pug, and Toast Meets World. These are some of the Internet's most beloved pets, and they all have one thing in common. Their stories started in a shelter. Start your story. Adopt a dog or cat today. Visit theshelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Training that pet to play the keyboard, that's optional. Start a story. Adopt a shelter or rescue pet today. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with money ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. Two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier, and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2 men 2 xorg to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh, my gosh, you don't know. I know. You don't. (laughs) Oh, man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. (laughs) No. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Well, back we are, guys. Let's see. Wait a minute. I can't get their microphone to work. There we go. Let me re-ask the oh, whole there question. We this will be right. in college football, so to remind you, and we call it in later at 646-876-9923, and then 287-723-4600, hit pound key twice. The poll question, your team, your biggest team sports, or it can even be a fan of an individual sport if you're a fan of a certain golfer, your biggest sports letdown slash heartbreak. There you go, but... It will, we'll do that in a little bit. But, yeah, college football, not a whole lot. But, yeah, it was an interesting day. But Florida State beat Liberty North Carolina. Syracuse. That was an upset. 
Florida yeah, State. Oh, yeah, Florida State taking on number five, North Carolina. Liberty taking down Syracuse. Now, you may think, okay, that was an upset, but surprisingly, Liberty was favored by two and a half over Syracuse. The Caldwell were favored, so. Huh. That just shows oh, how and South Syracuse. Carolina beat Auburn. That was an upset. And Cle- yeah, and Clemson, of course, put the punter in when they beat up on George second foot punter in a quarterback formation by the fourth by the fourth quarter. And then you know, of course, Alabama, which that was the big story of the week with Nick Saban uh, beating up beating Georgia forty one twenty four. And you know that was one of your and those of you that don't know, of course, Nick Saban originally tested positive on. Wednesday, then he had three negative tests in a row, Thursday, Friday, and they magically had a test Saturday morning and got the results back so he could be there on the sidelines Saturday night. They magically, and of course, when you have three negatives due to protocol, that kind of puts it as a false positive, but Nick was there. He was asymptomatic, so he had, mm-hmm. you know. And, and we know now and that, course, we know that Dan shooting. Mullen from Florida tested positive. Um, yes. Is it, is it still Jeff, is it Jeff Rahm? Is he still a Purdue Bill? Yes, he is. And he tested positive, so we've had another couple of coaches test positive. Bobby Bowden is doing better, though. From what I understand, I think he's out of the hospital. So what I'm wondering is, what is the story with the SEC? Now, we've had, you know, they've they've had all these positive tests, and 19 of these players and eight of those and whatever, and we had a bunch of games postponed, particularly in the SEC. There were some around the country. But other conferences aren't having as much trouble. Are the protocols more? Well, Baylor is. Or Baylor is having trouble. But around the country, other than that, people aren't having that much trouble. What's going on in the SEC? He has a, each conference, like the Big 12 says if you have enough players in a position and, they have, and they've all tested negative, you can play, you can still, the SEC says you can decide, hey, we want to play it or we don't, uh, we want to, you know, I mean, SEC's had, two, they had two, uh, let me see, Missouri, Vanderbilt, LSU, Florida this week, I think that's pretty much all that's. I guess so, because that game, uh, uh, because Perry was thinking that the old Miss game would get postponed, but it didn't. No, it was in jeopardy. Now, Ole Miss probably right. wishes it would have. Right. Yeah, but so. they have different – they have similar protocols. But the two teams, if they're not – they can say, let's just postpone this. If the other team can say, we want to postpone this right now. You have some uh, positive tests. We don't want to take a chance. Let's postpone it to December 12th. Well, they're running well, out of wiggle room because now they're yeah. building a schedule for September, December 12th, which is what they're, when they're going to start to play the games, the ones that are there. So if you're, if you're LSU or some Somebody who postponed a game or Florida, you're not going to really be able to postpone any more games. Well, You've got the one week to kind of do it. Those three, all right, what the Big 12, ACC, the AC, and the SEC all did, and the Sun Belt did this too, and Conference USA, the six are playing, they built in several bye weeks. I mean, yeah, granted, you have to flip around, figure out, okay, do our bye weeks match up? And some, in some cases, they have kind of like uh, Tulsa, Cincinnati is going to be made up on. Uh, December 5th, uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State's going to be made up on the 12th. So it was LSU, Florida, and I think so was Missouri, Vanderbilt, because there's – but if you have it to where you have two teams that are maybe – maybe they have a similar bye week or they can flip something, there's some way – I mean, they, they put – and that's where the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to run into problems. By the way, the Big Ten starts – I think there's a game Friday night in the Big Ten, and so does the Mountain West, and the Pac-12 starts in two weeks. And the MAC also starts. But one thing I heard one of the coaches say, these problems, some of it, is not necessarily the ones that are with the team. But when you go on the road, you don't take your whole team. And it's some of those players that are testing positive, And then there are other players on the team get it. That's where, that's where a lot of it's coming from. Because, you know, it's like, oh, they're gone. So 
at kind of, you know, being 18, 20 year old kids. Okay. So they're relaxing when the uh, cat's away and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They don't have, they need to have that person. Yeah. Now, some schools have that person back monitoring them, like Texas does, Oklahoma does, some others, but there's a few that are kind of like, yeah. Which the the score that intrigued me yesterday that I heard, and I didn't hear any of the game, I was busy that time of day. Louisville and Notre Dame, twelve to seven. What kind of a game was that? Oh man, it was a baseball game. Basically. <laughs> I guess so. They were playing base. They were playing baseball. Louisville was it Notre raining? It wasn't. Was it because it sounds to me like that Patriots game I was talking about? I mean, was it raining or what? <clears throat> no rain. No, no rain. It wasn't really rainy. That no, I mean, a little bit that no, I saw. The weather was it, good. It wasn't weather rainy was good. at all. No. Uh, just very just strange a, college football. So yeah, very strange game. And BYU and Houston, a pretty decent game Friday night. But you know. So yeah. So what have we got that coming up next week? Uh, we've got some Big Ten openers. You said, uh, Sean. Yeah, Big Ten openers. I don't have a schedule in front of me. Uh, I, uh, the uh, ones Iowa that I know of. The Taylor. ones that I know of. Iowa, Purdue plays on Saturday. Minnesota, Michigan on Saturday. Um, those are the ones that I know of. Uh, Nebraska, Ohio State. That's the big Fox game on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's then, the big. What is uh, Sean, the other thing Minnesota and Michigan play for? The uh, other thing for uh, for um, uh, the uh, college game was they're changing some of the rules about um, transfers. Correct. Yes. All right. So, well, they haven't officially changed it. The committee, the rules committee, has recommended this. It goes for a full vote on uh, the, of the whole NCAA about. Starting in sports that you have to set out one year when you transfer, such as football, men's and women's basketball, men's uh, baseball, and softball. You now, right now, you have to set out a year, but you can go in the transfer portal. You can apply for a waiver. You can apply for a waiver, and if they approve it, you can play immediately. Now they're putting this in. This this will go in effect August of twenty one. It passed where you get a one-time transfer rule, you go, you can transfer, go to whatever school, be immediately eligible. The school that you're leaving cannot stop you, but you have to let them know by July 1st. And it looks like it's going to pass. It's Because the argument is coaches leave all the time. Or, yeah. like, there was, a, there was a player who wanted, I forget what school he was with, he wanted to go home to be closer to his mom because his dad died of cancer or something and, and he was denied the waiver but then some others were so they're saying but you also have the negative in this you could say hey you're not getting playing time come to my school you'll play right away you know you could see you might see recruiting of players from team to team you might you might start seeing that but it is well, they're going to have to set up rules some kind of rules like you have in baseball and football about tampering they're going to have to do something like uh, like that well yeah like they can't well they can set up rules but yeah well, <laughs> and we all know right. there's ways that they they'll kind of like right. the joke about the hundred dollar handshake to the college players and stuff yeah and, Okay, but you so, know, okay. speaking of, speaking of rules, we we did we did have a team that nearly got to the World Series who have broken all sorts of rules. That being the Astros. <laughs> yes. So the the Rays took a three zero lead in the series. The Astros came back to tie it at three. Yep. But and the Rays then the uh, Rays win four it to two. four to two. So they are in the World Series. They are first time since 2008, and it was the first time. <clears throat> now tonight, and I don't know if we can get a score in the next few minutes, but tonight we have the seventh game between the uh, Braves and Dodgers, and that's the first. This is the first year Perry and I were figuring out that 2003, and we can talk about 2003 in a little while when we talk about our, our sports memories because I know they're a memorable night for us. But the uh, seventh game uh, that we've had the league championship series go both go seven games. 
so uh, that's that's yeah. pretty cool. So we did, and, that we, and we do have a score of the. By the way, this is a game. Both teams are starting rookie pitchers. It is Ian Anderson and Dustin May mm-hmm. are starting, oh. and in the top of the second is Braves one, Dodgers nothing. Okay. That's what happened after Ian Anderson left Jethro Tull. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So we have a few rumors, and you know the hot stove is starting to heat up because, of course, well, now during during the world. That, quick, hold on, we also uh, have a call. What I was going to make on this World Series. Uh, how about this? You got Tampa Bay took down the original most hated team in baseball and the current most hated team right, right now in baseball in the same in the same playoffs. And this is the third Florida team in a championship. Yep, this, that's right, you know, the Miami this, Heat and the Tampa one. Bay Lightning. That's right. Yep. Yeah. What were you going to say, Bill? We have a caller. Tell us the rumors real, real quick, what? Chris, and then we have three and then we have three hands. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go you want to do Chris. the caller or no, what no, are they no, calling? Let's, let's, let's do the callers. Let's do callers. Okay, okay, let's do callers. Uh, Pierre, if you want to unmute, you'll be able to talk. No need to keep them waiting. Oh. No, but they can keep us waiting, aren't they? Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying Hello, to. Pierre. Pierre. Let's go, Pierre. Oh, Pierre. <laughs> Star six. Star six. Oh, okay, I'm okay. Here I am. There All we right. are. At first, it was saying that the host would had muted me, and I couldn't unmute myself. Yeah, well, you know how you know how Perry is. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> but but y'all are on football. Whenever I started to call in and I get in, y'all already on baseball. Well, no, no, we'll we can go back to football because we're we're, we're, we're we're at the cusp right now. We we just barely got the baseball. Okay. Go ahead, Pierre. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, y'all were talking about the Southeastern Conference. Well, what it is, uh, a lot of these teams are, are breaking the protocol. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. In fact, Ole Miss, uh, let's see, who was it? Ole Miss and two other teams just this week, were they're being fined $100,000 for each week that they fail to follow the protocol. And did, and did not uh, Greg Sankey say, Pierre, that if, if, it get, if they get to a point that if they have to start games, they may be forced to forfeit games? Yeah, yep. They'll forfeit games, and they'll also forfeit TV money. Yeah, well, and the ironic thing before Florida had these positive tests, the day before he said he wanted a full stadium this week. 90,000 people he wanted in the stadium, he said. <laughs> Think of oh, well. Florida. Think of Florida. Twenty of his players come down yeah. with the virus, and then he gets what's that? Uh, what's that, Bill? Just think of the state of Florida and how their attitude has been, and that kind of let anything yep. go, you know. Yep. And just all, think of that. All the weird stories come out of Florida. Yeah, anything else, true. Pierre? Yeah, that's it. Ball or baseball? Okay, then we, let's uh, Jamal. If you want to unmute yourself. Hello, folks. How are y'all doing? Hey, Jamal. We're good. We're good, We're Jamal. Good. Okay, I got a couple things. I want to talk about the Bears right quick. Then I want to talk about some disappointments. Okay, well, we can save the disappointments for later because when we do the poll question, after we do the baseball and the basketball stuff. Okay, okay, well, I'll I'll talk about about the Bears. I'll talk about the Bears. I was happy with the Bears' results. I checked out the entire game. The one thing that frustrated the heck out of me, at the end of the game, the Bears were running out the clock. They had a third and two, and instead of running the doggone football, they decided to throw the football and miss on the pass, and they gave the Carolina Panthers back the ball for about a minute 30 left. Now, luckily, they were bailed out when Bridgewater stole the interception to uh, Carson, the safety, but still, if you, if you are third and three, third and two, run the doggone football. 
Well, the coaches always, what they're trying to do, and this is the old killer instinct thing, and this is what gets them in trouble with the two-pointers, too, where, like, uh, today, uh, Romeo Cornell was saying, okay, if I get the two-pointer here, there's no way Tennessee can beat me. I'm going to end the game right now. And you see that a lot of times, and you'll see somebody throw. Now, just before, let's say, a two-minute warning or something, it can make sense when you're doing things like that because, hey, it's going to go to the two-minute warning anyway, so what it, you stop it at 205, it's no big deal. But you end up saving the team another 30 seconds or not having them use a timeout or whatever, when you throw an incomplete pass and you think you've got a play you worked on all week and you say, this is going to end the game, I'm going to complete this pass, We're gonna, and it never seems to work, very rarely work. So this is this is the same mentality that Mike Zimmer had last week, too. If I get this one yard, then there's no way Seattle can win the game. Well, they didn't get the yard, but they could have kicked the field goal and made it very difficult for Seattle to tie the game. So it's sometimes they have too much confidence in you know themselves and in their, their team, and they just do that, and you see it a lot. A lot of people do it. Belichick does it. Everybody does it. Jerry, if you would unmute, we can hear you. There's a delay of unmute. Okay, here we are. There we go. All right. Hey, everybody. I want to revert back a little further to boxing and uh, maybe not necessarily last night's fight, but, well, in a way, uh, why is it a lot of times that a judge will score you know, won't go along with the like the eleven to one decision by that one judge. Why, Robert? Do you think he may have seen it that way? Actually, it was a she who said it, saw it that way. Her name is Julia Letterman, Harold Letterman's daughter. And okay. uh, frankly, I really uh, we we that uh, follow boxing on a regular basis cannot answer these questions, Jerry, because. Uh, it happens in every big fight. There's always one judge that sees something else that nobody else sees. Remember, these judges are sitting around the ring. They're uh, they're not sitting in a, in the same location. They're sitting in different locations so they can, uh, you know, they have their own scoring vantage point. But in some cases, some of their scorecards don't make any sense. And those of us that have been following boxing have been trying to figure it out for years. Jerry, That's Jerry, it's kind of like it's kind of like officiating jerry there was a a broadcaster at mississippi state for many 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 years his name was jack crystal and he said one day he was talking about tom eads and we've all heard about tom eads and he says you know about tom eads he says tom eads he sings he sees things that nobody else sees right oh. so it's kind of like that jerry. Yeah. yeah how much pit miami there yesterday jerry that was pretty yeah, yeah miami a pit loss again <laughs> Yeah, um, well, they got, they got banged around pretty bad. They, well, they had to yeah. go down to Miami. That's not easy. Miami's a good team. But your Steelers won. good this year. Steelers yeah, they did. The Steelers are under still. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. All right. Well, okay. But should we get should we get to this hot stove? Any no, now? We got to get to the hot stove. Uh, hot stove and the rumors. Okay, a lot of it uh, revolves around Jamal White Sox too. Ricky Renneria is being uh, let go by the White Sox, and uh, he's gonna, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of kind of crazy because what they're going to do is they're going to talk to Tony La Russa. And how old is Tony La Russa again, Robert? 76. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they, they are going to, he's 76. And then what's going to happen is if he doesn't take the job because they're, they're Jerry Reinsdorf is trying to get him to, to take the job. If he doesn't take the job, then it might be open to either, um, uh, Bruce Bochy, who's thinking about both the Red Sox and White Sox, or, uh, perhaps, uh, who was the other one that they uh, thought about? 
A.J. Hinch. A.J. Hinch, yeah. And I think A.J. Hinch is also on the list for the Tigers. So we've got that a whole managerial uh, carousel kind of going around. There was also a point that was made this week uh, that Sean made earlier about all the Hall of Fame baseball players. We'll be talking about one of them later, Joe Morgan, that have died in the last month or so. Joe Morgan, Whitey Ford, uh, Lou Brock, Bob and Gibson. Tom Seaver, and Bob Gibson. So five Yeah, no, the Hall of Fame is taking some major hits. They, they got a pretty good team up there now right yeah. now. That's right, especially yeah. pitchers. Yeah, yeah. that's uh, right. And, uh, no, uh, and uh, t- t- continuing on this vein about rumors, uh, I read I read the Globe every day, and in today's Globe, all the Red Sox writers are still talking about Alex Cora, and uh, because they're saying uh, they kept all of Alex Cora's coaches, uh, they kept all of Alex Cora's people in the front office, so they're thinking at least those are right for the Globe. Globe, Chris, they're thinking that uh, Sam Kennedy and John Henry and People are going to go above Heim Bloom and go ahead and hire Alex well, Cora back. The thing about but it is, if you do that, Robert, if you go above somebody and hire somebody back, then Heim Bloom would have every right to say, "Then you can't hold me accountable for wins and losses because I deserve to have my own guy." Now, Jim Bowden, by the way, to the Alex Cora rumor says he's heard no chance. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, the other thing, Robert, this wouldn't be the time that you. All right, they kept those coaches and so forth because it was January when they got rid of Alex Cora. Well, why get rid of these coaches now when you don't know who's coming in? You know, well, if you yeah. if you if you have Bruce Bochy, he may want X, and uh, Tony, you know, you bring in AJ Hinch, you may want right. Y. Right. You know, and so you wouldn't get rid of them now. You'd wait until you see who the manager would be, and they're not going to really do that till after the World Series. So having right. the coaches there doesn't really prove anything to anybody. Yeah, um, but I found that interesting because all the talk about uh, Bochy being interested in the Red Sox and whatnot, uh, there was nothing written about that in in the Globe. I found that to be interesting. So yeah, well, you know, a lot of this came up on Friday, and some of these pro- these things are written on Friday too to get yeah. them in. But the Sunday papers are, cre- are created ahead of time. Right. The things for those sections are kind of kind of put to bed on Friday. So right. it's a little bit like uh, what we run into with all things radio sometimes, you know. But we had a couple yeah. of things that happened today in baseball that you guys uh, told me about. So go ahead, yeah. Robert and Perry. Um. Well, Michael Hill. Um, left the Marlins. Uh, he was their president. No, he did not leave the Marlins. The Marlins did not <laughs> renew him. his contract. Right. Okay, they did not. Okay, there is they did a difference. Not the Marlins yeah. did not renew yeah. his contract. Okay. They left him. Anyway, um, he's no longer there. And apparently, from what I hear, uh, they're looking at talking to Billy Epler, who's been a disaster everywhere he's been because he was a bad GM for Seattle and he was a bad GM for the Angels. So, and then um, and then we hear that Michael Hill is could be not is but could be headed to Cincinnati. Yes. <laughs> and the Angels are still interested, apparently, in Mr. Dave Dombrowski. So we'll okay. see what happens there. All right. So And so we'll see. And by next week, we will be in the middle of the World Series, and we'll be talking about that. And uh, we'll see uh, who Tampa Bay uh, plays. And we'll find that out uh, later tonight. Tampa Bay, the number one seed in the American League. And uh, the only I think the way it would work, is they would have home field against the Braves, but they would not Correct. against the Dodgers. Yep. That is how it would Correct. work. Now, by, yeah, by I, the way, I this remember- has been discussed. Um, so we'll take just a 30 seconds and clear this up. The Rays announcers were in San Diego, and they will be in Texas. No right. other yeah. announcers other than them have or will travel. Now, the thing about these two guys is they're probably in their 40s or so. They're youngish, younger guys. They uh, you know, are probably in pretty good health, and they're just added to the traveling party, not bringing engineers, not bringing producers, not bringing anybody uh, No, they did, they did have a producer. 
Okay, yeah. so the producer, they all cleared, probably had to do the testing. When you just bring in three people, and they're they're employed by the club, but they're also younger, you know, you're not sending um, Charlie Steiner or something there, you know, so that, that Joe Castiglione, the older guys, that they, you know, the younger guys have an option to do this, and uh, they're going to do it, and good for them, good for them, and they're good announcers, too. I, here's, I know here's I'll a score to, for you, either, too. Whether they're with the Braves or who, who they're playing, I will definitely listen to some of them during the uh, World Series. Hold on, hold on, guys. Bill? Here's a score for you. The Braves are leading two to nothing on already so okay there all right i think Bray, i think the braves and the rays would be a very good world series it'll be the first southeastern world series we've not had that before we've had east coast and west coast series and midwest series and uh you know uh like kansas city st louis and things like that but uh that that'd be kind of cool for the southeast maybe we'll get some ratings down that way it'll okay. be a South, it'll be a southeast world series in dallas texas in arlington texas that's right yep. so do we have any more baseball we want to talk about are we ready to go we to do base, not, the nba so, all right so the, the, last week we were talking, and uh, actually the, we were thinking that the Lakers were going to win the title, and they did. They beat Miami 106-93, to 93, so that gave them their 17th title, four games to two. They beat uh, the Heat, and um, so that's their 17th title, as we say. And uh, LeBron James uh, is now 4-6 and six in the in the finals. You know, he uh, has, has now won his fourth in, finals MVP and his fourth title, and, and he's won it with three different teams, won the titles and the MVPs, and he joined yeah. Robert Ory, John Sally, and uh, Danny uh, uh, Danny Green to win with three different teams. Those are the only ones that have done. He, he's passed Eric Fisher for most uh, games played in the playoffs and the most playoff wins. Uh, he's got 172 wins and 88 losses uh, for, Le- for LeBron. So, uh, and so that's it for so the championship. So that we, we can finally say we did it for the NHL. We finally say the NBA, good job. Good job with the bubble. Uh, really hardly any issues at all. And, uh, you know, that, that they really, if, if that's the way to go, if you can do it, it's impractical in some ways. We may see the NFL do it for their playoffs. We don't know, the, but uh, we'll see. The, how medical, much more the medical advisor for the NFL, Chris, was quoted this week, and he said he is not in favor of a bubble for the NFL. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and the so, NBA, very good product in the bubble. Unfortunately, the ratings, especially once they got down to the finals, not very well. Only it was the lowest rated game six, six and a half million people. Now they were going head to head against Minnesota, Seattle, which drew fifteen million, and they had a uh, what's their what's their yeah the, the final the finals all around the ratings were very low. Yeah, and yeah, it was the, it was the lowest rated finals in. Uh, since in the cable slash in the modern era of the NBA. Okay. And also since in the NBA, Daryl Morey is out as GM of the uh, Houston Rockets. Yeah, they're, uh, they're looking for a permanent GM. They promoted the uh, executive vice president. It's a temporary GM. Because, by the way, the draft is going to be November 18th for those right. who were wondering. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. November, it is November 18th. But yeah, Daryl Morey, he's out. Also, what I'm hearing is Jeff Van Gundy interviewed with Houston Friday. Right. Yes, he did. Now, is there job. anything, of course, Daryl Morey grew up, became famous because he's the one that criticized uh, the NBA stance with China. It didn't have anything to do with that, did it? Right. No, no, no it didn't. It just, his it small not. ball, I mean, all these six five. I mean, when you he's doing all these six four, six five guys on the floor, you know, which it's not, you know, the analytics, he says, oh, it's going to work, but it's... <laughs> not really working he's a bit and i think maybe tillman for cheetah is like we need to get away from this because remember les alexander brought daryl morey in tillman for did not bring dan tony or 
Gerald Morey. So yeah, okay. he's probably looking at it like, you know what, we need to. I think Tillman wants his own guys in there. And, you know, you're going to start seeing the coaching carousel fall and the GM carousel fall because right now you had, of course, Doc Rivers after three days went to Philadelphia. Now you got Tyron Lue. He's now a Clipper, the Clippers head coach. Right. You know, look for New Orleans, Chicago, Indiana, Houston, probably to all be. Well, we got to well, Chicago. Chicago. Well, Chicago's already filled. Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan. Donovan. Yeah. Billy Donovan, Donovan that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Chicago. Well, somebody has Billy Donovan. Track of all these. The thing is, and just to quickly finish, the thing is, this is a pretty short off season for basketball and hockey because if you think about it, here we are in uh, the middle of October, and you, you're planning to start if your hockey New Year's Day and uh, basketball maybe Martin Luther King Day. It's a your compressed off season. Really, uh, you know, it's usually about four to five months between the end of the finals and the beginning of you know at least four months. It's down to yeah, three, yeah. so it's making things a little tighter for both hockey and basketball. Right. Uh, anything else on basketball that we got to do? Nothing nope. I can think of. Okay. Okay. Any, there's probably not much hockey, but any. What do we have? Oh, there's there's a few, we have, we have a few, few notes. Okay, we have, and I have. I'm, I'm, my job is to say this name because Robert doesn't do it. Alex Petrangelo is yeah. uh, from St. Louis. Captain. I, He's a defenseman. He went from uh, St. Louis to the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and it's uh, seven years for sixty-one million. He's going to yeah. get. Yeah, and no, two. and so far he's got the biggest free agent contract this year, uh, uh, and to, he to make that it. work, Las Vegas traded uh, defenseman uh, Nate uh, Schmidt to Vancouver for a third round choice in twenty twenty two. That's and, correct, uh, and and they could uh, also get rid of Mark Andre Fleury, their goalie, as well because uh, they're trying to save money to you know pay for this. Right. Uh, Joe Thornton has gone to Toronto. It's a one-year uh, deal, and he's 41 years old, originally yep. drafted by the Bruins, and then was traded to San Jose and has been uh, with them ever since. Uh, that was, what, 96 that he was traded? November 30th of 05, Of 05, yeah, 05, 06. Yeah. And then uh, Patrick Marlowe is back with San Jose. Yep. And was traded uh, to Pittsburgh, but came back to for the for the uh, to the uh, Sharks. Yep. And he's uh, within 45 games of breaking Gordie Howe's record for most games played yes, in the NHL. Now is that just the NHL? Because I thought they added his WHA and NHL. Uh, I d- I don't know if they've added both totals, but uh, you know, according to the person that wrote the article, uh, Marlowe's 45 games away from breaking that, and he, okay. he said well, that we'll find it. They'll they'll, they'll def- find it when he gets there. The last yeah. game he missed was in 2009, apparently. That, yeah, he's very durable. He always has been. Very seldom ever gets hurt. Also, Toronto, I don't know if I buy any of this because uh, I'm going to go to the Globe again today. Uh, Don Sweeney, the Bruins GM, said that they're still waiting on to see what the Big Z is planning on doing, but apparently, according to our friend in Toronto, he uh, he says that uh, uh, the Maple Leafs are trying to talk to Big Z about going there, so we'll We'll see what happens. Right. Well, that's right. He's uh, he's 43. I mean, uh, they, the Bruins. I think would, he doesn't play as much, and he's not as ho- effective. He's still a big force there, and they did lose Tor- uh, Corey, Corey Krug. So, uh, you know, Tory Krug. So uh, that could be something they'll want to think about trying to keep a hold of him. Right. And just very quickly, uh, just to get before we go to the uh, the question that Sean has posed, and then we'll do the death after that. In golf, we had Dustin Johnson come down with the virus. And he was uh, the number yeah. one golfer. Yep, so, I completely forgot about that, but yes, he did. So Yeah, so hopefully he'll be okay. Yeah. So uh, I think that's the only thing we have on that. So I think All we right, can now, now get going with the uh, with the question. 
I will ask the question, and of course, if you all want to call in, and I'm I'm giving I'm re, I'm doing a better job of reminding you now because I know with your devices and stuff, there's a delay from when we're actually talking, and that's why Pierre came in with college when <laughs> college football, the baseball, and all that. So, you call in on six four six eight seven six. 9923 and then do 287 or, or any other zoom number for that matter yeah, or any other zoom yeah. number or the zoom app and then do the code 287-723-4600 hit pound key twice and then uh, raise your hand star nine and we'll and we'll get you and all right the poll question your biggest sports heartbreak letdown whatever so we're going to start with chris okay well, i have three and I, I, you know, one for the Red Sox, one for the Patriots. Uh, no, yeah, one for the Red Sox, one for the Patriots, one for the Bruins. Celtics overall, uh, there's been disappointments, of course. You know, kind of a bummer to lose this year the way they did to the Heat. But, you know, they've won so many times, and, and especially when I was younger that I, you know, I just, all the fun they've given me with all their championships, I, you know. But these, these ones that I'm talking about happened kind of before teams had really established themselves in a way. The first one, though, I'll, I'll do with the uh, Bruins. And that was in 1971 when they played uh, Montreal, and uh, they uh, played. They had a, got a three games to two lead against Montreal, and Ken, Ken Dryden, Dryden, right? Yep, mm-hmm. stood on his head and beat the Bruins in uh, seven games at the Garden. And I think the Bruins outshot them like 50 to 25 that day. They were all over them. They were, had probably one of the most uh, offensive teams that has ever been in hockey with Bobby Orr on defense and uh, three great lines, and just you know, just a real offensive team and a good defensive team. It was a good team, and they had won the Cup in '70, and they won it in. 72, but they were knocked out by Montreal, and that's of course their big rival in uh, you know in hockey, and uh, that was very disappointing because you just got. But the one thing that was solace for me the next day, the Knicks, who was supposed to have the best dynasty in the world, had beaten, had won it in 70, and they got knocked off by the Bullets the next day. And I said, I'm knocked out. I said, Yay! All right, that's good. They're out. You know, Bruins and Knicks had both won in 70, both knocked out in 71, so the Knicks didn't have anything on the Bruins there. Anyway, so there's that. The uh, second one, Robert and I have talked about this. He knows what I'm going to say. September, December 18th, 1976, the uh, Ben Drive game, the roughing the passer game uh, that never should have happened. Uh, it was a bad call. Everybody pretty much agrees on both the uh, coasts, I think, that it was yep. a bad call. And the Patriots lost the Raiders. And this was just when they were just uh, Chuck Fairbanks had established things, gotten things going. And now this was going to be uh, with their first playoff appearance as a wild card. Went to play the Raiders, uh, fought them tooth and nail, had a 21 17 uh, lead uh, going uh, down the field, and just uh, that call meant they had to try to get a first down, which they just missed. But uh, they, it was a situation. Well, actually, they just missed a first down that would have won the game. Then they, then the Raiders got the roughing the passer call that set them up near the goal line, and they scored. So that was offset, however, in 2002 when uh, the <laughs> the Patriots got the uh, the tuck roll call, and that probably yeah. wasn't the right call either. And, yeah, and, no. and that sent the, Ra- the Patriots to, down the road to the Super Bowl. I think in '77 the Patriots might have gone to the Super Bowl and beaten the Vikings because Vikings don't win Super Bowl. Nope. And the last one, and this will get to I don't know if Perry's the next one in line, but we, it leads yeah. into Perry is now, in 2003, we talked about the two seventh games, and uh, Perry, of course, had his moment that he can talk about if he wants to with the Cub, but the Red Sox when Grady Little left Pedro Martinez in too long, and they blew the lead, and then finally, uh, Tim Wakefield, who pitched great during the series, gave up the home run to uh, uh, to Boone, and uh, that was the end of the, the game, and you know the, uh, the Red Sox lost. Of course, they came back and won in 2004, uh, coming back from three games to none, but they did lose that game, and that was a desolate winter for everybody. Grady Little got fired. You've never seen anybody 
get fired for one move or a lack of move. That's probably the only time you can mention that in baseball history, that somebody was fired for like, like one move that they made or didn't make. And Grady Little, who was a nice man, uh, got fired for that. So anyway, okay, who's next? Perry. Perry. Well, you yeah, pick up I'll go, I will pick right <laughs> up in the same season. It was the Cubs and the Marlins, and the Cubs had a three to one series lead. We had friends in, and uh, we had went. It was three to one, and I, I thought series was over, so we went out to the casino, and we were just having fun. And uh, one of my friends was was uh, texting me, and he all of a sudden said, "Hey, the Marlins." You know, they won the game, and I hadn't heard anything about how it happened. And everybody, of course, tells you it's, that it was Steve Bartman. That was not wow. Steve Bartman's fault because they hit a ground ball straight to the reliable shortstop, Alex Gonzalez, and he bobbled it. That's what eventually, you know, started the the problem. But the Marlins, of course, won that series 4-3. to three after Was that game the, six where that happened? With the, it with the was. It was game. Yeah, yeah, that was game six. six. Yep. Yes, it was. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and and my other one, I'm sure Chris will, will think this is just okay with him, but it wasn't for me. It was the <laughs> the 2001 Super Bowl in a game where the Patriots beat the Rams. And I think the Rams should have probably have won that game, but the Patriots did win it. I mean, you give them credit, but the Rams did not play well. And that's that was back when the Rams, of course, were the greatest show on turf and, yep. and all that. So, you know, the, you, yeah, scoring the Patriots set, had them scoring, up. The fourth quarter, the Rams played very well, but they had them bottled yeah, up for three quarters. St- yeah. Scoring six. 17 points was a disappointment in any game back in those days. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, All right, Robert. I do I do Robert, see you Jamal, so we'll get we'll get to you in just a minute. Robert. Well, um uh, I'm going to go uh Chris already tackled one of mine the uh the, the tuck rule game that that bothers me to this day. It's, you know, it's like it was it was a snowy Saturday night in Foxborough and it was a good game and and lo and behold uh we thought we recovered a fumble, and, and they come up with this obscure rule. That was one of the most disappointing Raider losses I've experienced. Now, in the 70s, I constantly experienced Raider losses. Every year, we'd go up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs, and every year, the Steelers would kill it. Uh, finally, in 76, after we beat the Patriots, we took care of the Steelers and went on and, and uh, beat the Vikings. But And then uh, with the A's, of course, uh, I've got two right off the bat, and one of them we talked about this week because the anniversary came up. Game one of the 88 World Series, Kurt Gibson hit that home run and totally changed that entire World Series. And then in 1990, Bill Cincinnati Reds blew us <laughs> totally off the field, swept us four straight. We we very easily had had those two things not happen. We very easily could have won three in a row. Uh, no, I'm, then, sure, uh, I'm sure I'm sure Bill is okay with that one. Not yeah, a problem. Yeah. And then uh, my last one, of course, uh, happened in 2016 with the uh, with the Sharks losing in the Stanley Cup Finals to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, well, what about 2016 Warriors? Um, well, look, I, I, you know, yeah, they blew a three day, three games to one lead, Chris, but I blame that on uh, Draymond Green and his his horrible behavior. Had he not got himself suspended for Game Five? Uh, it might have been a different story. I don't. I don't. You know. But, I don't you, call but, you, that. but the problem is, you win as a team and you lose as a team. Right. I, I totally. I totally agree. But I don't view that as a disappointment because I view. I view that on one knucklehead's stupid behavior. Um, I view the Sharks more as a disappointment. Um, they. Uh, they finally make it to the finals and. Uh, 
they basically uh, gave the cup to the Penguins with the way they played in that series. Yes, it went six games, but they weren't competitive as they were throughout the regular season in the playoffs. So uh, okay. the, the Warriors, I don't view as a disappointment because yeah, I blame that one strictly on Draymond Green, but uh, the Sharks I do find is a disappointment. That was, that's been our only shot at the cup so far. So Yeah, okay. Sean? Yeah. Bill? Okay. Oh, Bill. Yeah, yeah, Bill. Yeah, I did that again. I did that last week, too. Sorry, Bill. Uh, yeah. I do Chris, see Jamal and Pierre, and we'll get yeah. to them. Yeah. Chris's time is, is limited here. Um, let's see. I'm going to do something a little bit different. Mine was high school basketball. Um, I don't know about Iowa, but high school basketball was here, especially huge in the you know sixties. Oh, it, it is here too. Basketball right. and wrestling in the winter. But when my home team lost two years in a row and they'd been undefeated, yep. and lost and set all kinds of records. I remember that some Indiana University losses over the years in the tournaments. Pacers always losing to the Knicks. Um, the Reds, of course, uh, 72 World Series. I didn't like that one too well. I remember the, remember the one, remember the one built, I think it was in 1981. It, was, it wasn't a, a big, you know, tournament game or anything, but Iowa and Purdue were playing in basketball, and a referee by the name of Jim Bain called a foul on Kevin Boyle of the Hawkeyes, and Purdue ended up winning that game with no time left on a made free throw. Yes. Boy, the Hawkeyes were angry about that. But here's the problem. There was a foul that was called by Jim Bain, but he called it on the wrong number. Oh, great. So and 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 he was at remember he was the Missouri Valley supervisor of officials and he and Kevin Boyle had a very good relationship because you know hey everybody makes mistakes and there, and there actually was a foul but not the guy standing at the other end of the court did he foul anybody yeah I I, I can remember those but you know the Colts' the last big disappointment was the Super Bowl with New Orleans in what twenty. 2009, maybe? Yeah, 2010. But those big things that just stand out over the years. But high school basketball is the most memorable. Oh, and it's it's huge here. We have Sean, then we're going to have Sean, then we're going to have Jamal, Pierre, and I believe it's going to be Pam, but we'll we'll, we'll see if I'm right when we get there. But just just to specify for some people that don't know, high school and basketball in Indiana is about the equivalent of high school football in in Texas Texas, as far as the, it's not just it's not just a, a sport. It's not just a sport. It's an event. It's a social gathering. That's Whether where the movie event. Hoosiers came from. So Yeah, right. it's very similar to Texas high school football. But my heart breaks, of course, well, I'll start off with this one. <laughs> 1990. That year was 1990. Yeah, right. Buffalo, right, Sean? <laughs> yes, Houston was up at halftime. And then Chip Kelly comes, he's down. Here comes Frank Reich. Oh, Houston's going to go. They're, now, this was not an AFC championship game. This was the... Not the wild, it was a divisional, divisional round, round yeah. divisional round game, but Buffalo ended up going on to the Super Bowl, losing their third of four Super Bowls in a row. Back where was it? They used to say the Bills stood for boy, I love losing Super Bowl. Uh, yeah. For those that, that don't don't remember, uh, Houston had a thirty-five to three lead when uh, thirty-five three, and Frank when uh, Jim Kelly got hurt, on. yeah. Yes, he came in and he he led them back and beat Houston, and that 
pretty much killed a lot of the momentum with Houston before they went on to Tennessee because they were thinking they they were talking a Houston Dallas Super Bowl down here. Well, you know, with Warren Moon, uh, Trey Aikman battle for the Super Bowl. They were, I mean, there was serious talk of that uh, that year. But you know, and then Frank Wright came and did it. Then I think of 2009, the 2009 season, but it was a 2010 Rose Bowl. For the national, or it was the national championship at the Rose Bowl. Remember that was when they had they still played the regular Rose Bowl, but they had the national championship, the BCS, Texas, Alabama, and Texas was going in. They had a lot of momentum, you know, based from the year before, and they were doing well. Colt McCoy gets hurt. Garrett Gilbert comes, and then you know it started. It really pushed the beginning of the Nick Saban run. At Alabama, you know, because the thing is, what if Colt hadn't got hurt? Would uh, would Texas have won? Uh, would Mac Brown have maybe ridden off into the sunset because he had his coach in waiting and Will Muschamp? Or what would have happened where he felt, hey, now I have to come back? And then the other one, I think it was the 2013 NBA championship with the Spurs were, I mean, they were on their way and then they blew at game six there against Miami and, you know, Miami got the championship. Spurs beat Miami the next year, but they would have been on their way to two in a row. But probably the biggest one, like I said, was that was, was the, the oiler, the, the comeback. That was probably for me biggest but now look at jamal's gonna come up at jamal you can go ahead and unmute here just to say but sean how about the one and when we were in the sports conference on that friday night was it was it was it 2013 or 14 in the ncaa where uh northern iowa and texas were playing that had to be <laughs> oh yeah that was that was pretty bad but not that wasn't a that wasn't a huge huge one but that was just like whoa i just now i remember that because we had highlights from both announcers right from me between me and perry i do remember Remember that one. But, <laughs> that was, yeah. you know what though, that was actually fun. That when we were doing that, Jamal, yeah, if you want to go ahead and unmute, we can hear you. Then Perry, our caller is not Pam. It's from the eight six five, the Knoxville area. After okay. Pam, so just one. Jamal, let you know. there he is. Yes, there you go, Jamal. Okay. Go ahead. All right. A, a couple of disappointments I was thinking about. First of all, nineteen eighty three White Sox, best team in the American League. They won the first series game against the Baltimore Orioles when Lamar Hoyt threw that shut on Baltimore. Then they lost game two, and they fell behind two to one. And game four, I was watching the game at home on TV. Burns on the mound, pitched his butt off. Jerry Dabzinski, the shortstop, was on third base. I leave Harold Baines to the fly ball. Dabzinski tried to score on a weak fly ball, got thrown out. And then in the 10th inning, to the Landrum, hit the home run, sends the Baltimore Orioles to the World Series. Disappointment number two, the Chicago Bears during the 2018 season, they were leading Philadelphia. The Eagles came back and took the lead. The Bears are marching. Yeah. Cody Parkey, 43-yard punt off the old goal post. Yep. Oh, the double and, doink. Yep, I remember yeah, that. Yep. And a couple of college basketball disappointments involved with the University of Illinois. 1989. National quarterfinals game against the Michigan Wolverines. It looked like Illinois was on the verge of going to the national championship. Lowell Hamilton could not box out. A free throw was missed. Lowell Hamilton could not box out. And Sean Higgins got the tip in with one second left. And then in 2000, 
and six in the national championship game against North Carolina. I think that was 05, well, Jamal. I think it was 05. Well, it was, it was the 05 season, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. 04, 05 season, yeah. But nevertheless, what happened there, the flying Illini with E. Brown and uh, Darren Williams, great record. Looked like it, and they had the number one seed in the NCAA tournament. The road was paying for them to go to mess and win at all. They played in St. Louis. North Carolina came in. Now, granted, the referees were not calling North Carolina for some fouls that they should have, and Sean May and company kind of left them up. Illinois fought back, but they fell short win on some questionable calls, and they lost the game narrowly to the North Carolina Tar Heel. Mm-hmm. And those were my biggest yeah. disappointments. Yeah, because 06 and 07 were the two Florida championships in a row, but 05 was the year you're talking about there. Yeah. Pierre, yeah. if you want to unmute, you will be next. The un- unmuting is a project this evening. Okay. There um, we go. Well, having been a, a New Orleans Saints fan and a Chicago Cubs fan, I had a lot of disappointments. <laughs> 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 yeah. But uh, I guess with the Saints, it was the uh, no-call interference uh, oh, yeah. in, in, the, in the Minnesota game. And then I think the year before that, they played Minnesota and Minnesota. You mean the Rams, uh, oh, the Rams. game, Pierre? Yeah, that the Rams, Rams game, game for the interference, yeah. Yeah, the Rams right, game for the interference. right, right, yeah. right, right. And then they were playing Minnesota the, yeah. the the year before, and Minnesota threw a pass with two seconds left to go and yep. scored. Right. And uh, now, Perry, you probably used some Cubs, ones, didn't you? I, I didn't did, hear I, yours. I did, the, I did the 2003 where we were up 3-1 to one with the Marlins. Yeah, that's what the uh, yeah the one uh, I was going to do was with the uh, fan interference. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, because you had the, the bar. Yep. What I had said was, Pierre, that that really didn't – everybody said that Bartman cost him. That that really didn't. I thought what really cost him the game is when you hit a ground ball to the reliable Alex Gonzalez and he bobbled it. Right. But uh, but I'll always remember that, that fan interference. So that, oh, boy. That, that well, they, they, well, also for the Cubs is 1984. Yep. Right. 1984 was another one. Yep. 2000, 2008 was another one because the Cubs had the best record. They didn't yep. win one game in the playoffs that year. Nope. Well, right I, wasn't an 89 bad for the Cubs, too, because didn't they lose to the Giants in the playoffs? They did, they did, but that wasn't quite as bad as 84. 84, the Cubs had a 2-0 lead. That's, remember, that's when you play best of five. That's yep. right. The Cubs had a 2-0, and they won three in a row, in a row and the yep. Cubs were committing errors and all sorts of things they hadn't done all season. Yep. But, you know... But in a way, this year was a disappointment, too, because it they was. got in the playoffs and That's did right. nothing. Yep. You know? Yep. yep. Okay. Thank All you. right. We have, okay. I believe this is going to be Karen, if I have it figured out right. It is oh. Knoxville, uh, 865. So if you want to unmute. Hello. Hey, yeah, there you are. Hi. Hello. My biggest disappointments were 1991, uh, the Atlanta Braves lost game seven. Oh, yes. The Minnesota <laughs> Twins won to yep. nothing. Yeah. Uh, my next one was the Super Bowl when uh, the Atlanta Falcons were leading at halftime 28 to 3. Oh, yes. Oh, the Patriots came I rem- back. I remember, it, I remember it well, Karen. I'm a Patriots fan. You know that. Oh, <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> Not for Chris, it was. 
one. No. No, but. And of course, and of course, and of course, that night. Karen, you know, you know what they're saying now? That they've never recovered from that. Really, the whole organization has <laughs> not recovered from that, and, and that's why they have to yeah. have to start all over again. And of of course, Karen, in 91, that World Series with the Twins, in this part of the country, everybody loved that, that the Twins won that. Well, they did. And in Game 7, of course, both pitchers, I think, pitched a complete game. Yes, they they did. That was a very very well-pitched game. Because Jack Morris and John Smoltz, they hooked up for 10 innings. They did. Yeah. Okay. Those were the two I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Everybody's got them. Good thoughts, Karen. Okay, great, What's that, Bill? Hold on, Bill. Go ahead. Good thoughts that those are great memories, but the Braves may make up for it tonight, Karen. So just told in there. Yeah. (laughs) Now, do you have any updates on that, Bill? Two to nothing right now, Braves. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So um, I guess, uh, Bill, you've got some audio, I think, on Joe Morgan, and then I can do uh, what we have here, and then we can also do, then after that, the audio on Sid uh, Hartman. Is that his name? Yep. We do, and I'll be right there. I just got one second here to, my computer's a little bit like like, um, uh, Perry's. (laughs) Sometimes it has a mind of its own, but I'm ready. The last I heard, by the way, the 49ers were up 7 nothing on the Rams. Yeah, that okay. was a little while ago. All right, okay. well, here is a legend, and, and I could have got a ton of audio on this stuff. Oh, yeah. But I just picked this one out. It sounded good. It's from MLB, courtesy of MLB. We'll give them credit. Here you go. This all-time record holder for home runs and games played at second base Joe Morgan's the best player I've ever seen. He's the best player. He never made a mistake. He could win a game with batting, with getting a base hit. He could steal a base. He could take a walk. He could hit a home run. If he had to win a game, he'd probably put Joe up to play. Any list of the greatest second baseman of all time has to include Joe Morgan. Morgan was a 10-time All-Star, a two-time MVP, a two-time World Series champion, and won five consecutive Gold Glove Awards. I think Joe Morgan was probably the uh, most dangerous second baseman hitter that I ever played against. He did everything for us, you know, hitting, uh, speed, and, and defense, everything. Joe Leonard Morgan was born September 19, 1943, in Bonham, Texas, before moving to Oakland, California. The oldest of six children, Morgan attended Castlemount High School, where he played baseball, basketball, and ran track. After two years at Oakland City College, Morgan signed with the newly formed franchise, the Houston Colt 45s. Morgan earned the full-time job at second base in 1965 and finished second in the Rookie of the Year voting. And though he stood only at 5'7", Morgan never let his lack of size stop him. He made two all-star teams in his first nine years with Houston. But it was a trade to Cincinnati after the 1971 season that put him on track for stardom. We were in the room in Houston. I'll never forget Bob Housen saying this. He said, we have just made a trade with Houston. And I told him afterwards, I said, this is the best trade to me that you'll ever make in your lifetime. In Morgan's first season with the Reds, he helped lead the team to a National League pennant, and he made the first of eight straight All-Star teams with the club. 
1975, Morgan went on to win his first MVP award and lead the Reds to the 1975 Fall Classic. In Game 7 of that epic series, with the game tied 3-3 in the ninth, Morgan came up with men on first and third and two outs. On my way to the plate, there was never one moment I didn't feel like I was going to get a base hit. There's a looper. They drop. It's in for a hit. And the Reds have the lead 4-3. to three. The Reds went on to win their first World Series since 1940. The under. And Cincinnati has won the World Championship, beating the Boston Red Sox 4-3. to three. The following year produced the same result for the Big Red Machine. That's it. The Cincinnati Reds win the World Series in four straight. It was a sweep. The Reds won their second straight World Series title, and Joe Morgan walked away with his second consecutive MVP award. Morgan remained in Cincinnati through the 1979 season. Over the next few years, he made stops in Houston, San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Oakland before retiring after the 1984 season. One of the highlights in his later years was in 1982. In one game in the bottom of the seventh with two men on, Morgan hit a go-ahead home run against the rival Dodgers on the final day of the season. That knocked Los Angeles out of the playoffs. Way back goes Monday to his retirement, Morgan found a home in the broadcast booth. After working for a few teams as an analyst, he did national games for ABC, NBC, and ESPN until 2010. But Morgan's greatest years were on the field. Morgan was elected to the Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility in 1990. I'm going to take my place with all these great players. And now that my induction is complete, I feel like I belong here. But no matter how long I'm in the Hall of Fame, I think I'm always going to have problems trying to say Mays, Musial, and Morgan in the same breath. In 1999, Morgan was named to baseball's all-century team. There will never be another quite like Joe Morgan. Joe Morgan, without even a question, the greatest all-around second baseman in the history of the game. That was that was the audio that we had heard earlier, and that's yeah. great. Um, yeah. hello, Chris, got... Chris, before you yep. give, before you keep going, we can give you a couple yep. updates here. Bottom of the okay. third, it is two to two, Braves Dodgers, and fourteen six forty niners in the second quarter. Okay, oh, sound like a missed extra point there. Yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll give you uh, some of this was covered, but we'll give you a little more detail uh, than you had. Joe Morgan died at seventy seven. Uh, he came up uh, with Houston, uh, his uh, first day in baseball uh, in the major league field was 9-21-63. He played eight games for the uh, Colt 45 then, then 10 games in 64, spent most of his season in the minors, became uh, full-time for the Astros as they became the Astros, and he became their full-time second baseman from 65 through 71. And then uh, in 1968, he only played 10 games. He had a knee injury. Uh, and then he went to Cincinnati in that trade that Sparky was talking about. 72 through 79, he was there. Then in Houston in 80, and he, that means he was in the league championship series against the Phillies in 80. San Francisco, 81 and 82. Philadelphia, 83. That means he was on the Philly team that lost to the Orioles that we were talking about in the World Series. 
and then Oakland in 84. And then his uh, batting average was 271 overall, 2,517 hits, 445, 449 doubles, six triples, 268 uh, home runs, and uh, 1,133 RBIs, and 689 steals. That's a lot of steals. He was a 10-time All-Star. He was an All-Star in 66, 70, and then 72 through 79, as they said. Won the World Series in 75 and 76, beating the Red Sox in 75, the Yankees in 76. Kirk County didn't sound too happy, did he? Uh, no, you, you can't he did tell not. he used to be a Red Sox announcer. And then uh, the, M- the MVP for the National League in 75 and 76. Then he won five uh, gold gloves, 73 through 77. He won the Silver Slugger Award uh, in 82, but that had just started, so that, that he would have won a lot more of those. He was uh, named uh, to the uh, Reds Hall of Fame in 87, and his number was retired. Number eight was retired. And then uh, Houston Hall of Fame in 2019, because that just started uh, last, a couple years ago. They didn't have one. And then, uh, let's see, and the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, uh, he was named uh, in 1990, I think. And uh, John... Yeah. Then he worked with John Miller on ESPN on the Sunday Night Baseball from 1990 through 2010. Uh, he worked uh, other broadcast stops at uh, 85 in Cincinnati. He was there on uh, September 11th of 85 when uh, um, Pete Rose's 4,192nd 4, 4, hit. He and Ken Wilson called that. 86 through 94, he was with the Giants, again, I think on TV. Oakland in 95. And then yeah, he, would, he was on A's TV then. Uh, 94 through 2000, he was on NBC as well. 94 through 97, he was with Bob Costas and uh, Bob Euchre, and then just with Bob Costas, 98 through 2000. And then ABC in 88 and 89, he was there on their Monday night and Thursday night baseball and uh, did uh, sort of like sideline reporter kind of thing. This was an interesting thing, and this is a terrible thing. He could get money out of it, but he was arrested going through the Los Angeles airport in 1988 as a drug courier. And he won a judgment from the uh, L.A. police and the city for $540,000. He was no more a drug carrier than any of us are. But that is exactly what the issue is now. He uh, just was the wrong color in the wrong place at the wrong time for that officer. So there you go. Yep. Uh, he was diagnosed uh, in, uh, with leukemia in 2015. He had a bone marrow transplant from his daughter. And then he had uh, peripheral neuropathy, where uh, the neuropathy comes toward the center of your body from your hands and your feet. And he ended up uh, dying of all those complications uh, just the other day. So quite a quite a Hall of Famer. And again, I'll, like I'll fifth definitely say about Joe Morgan. Uh, I mean, definitely. You know, I saw him. I, I was young when he was a player, but as a broadcast team, him and John Miller of this modern era, the national. I'd say the best. They were the best broadcast team. That's the best broadcast team that ESPN has ever had. And they, and now, they, well, they were better than any than the CBS combo. <clears throat> they were okay, but it just seems like the three of them. I mean, him and Costas did okay, but the three of them. It, I mean, it worked. That was that baseball night in America that they did on Saturdays. Right. NBC oh, yeah. had when NBC and Fox had it, and okay. it worked. But him, but him and John Miller were just. I mean, they were the premier team, and just like a lot of other teams at ESPN, they they ran them off unjustly. Yeah, they, uh, ESPN has made some terrible broadcast decisions, and that's one of their worst. Yeah. Okay. So and we got one now we one, have a uh, guy, Sid, Sid Hartman. We yeah. got some audio on him, a guy from Minneapolis who's, what, 93 years old? Is that what you mean? 100. 100 years old. Listen 100 years old. Okay. Yeah, listen All right, to this so story. Yeah. I don't know much about him, but we'll, we'll hear about him in a minute, and then we can run down the other people. Okay. Here you go. 
Sid never graduated high school, but he sure got an education. Growing up in the 20s and 30s as the son of immigrants, selling newspapers on the street to help make ends meet. Ride my bike in the morning to school, then downtown to sell papers, and then go to Hebrew school from quarter to seven to seven o'clock. Before long, his byline was in that paper. Hired by Dick Cullum, who said, Writers are a dime a dozen, but reporters are impossible to find. Over the next seven decades, his stories and his columns would become must-reads. His relentless pursuit of scoops, both big and small, became legendary. As did his side gig as de facto general manager of the NBA champion Minneapolis Lakers. We had the two best players in the league, and Mike and, and Pollard. We won the championship one year in the 50s, and I went out and drafted three players who started the next year. Oh, yeah, he also had another side job with CCO Radio. Well, I think they're going to get in, but uh, that doesn't mean they'll go anyplace. Today's sports hero became a staple, and so did his Sunday morning show with Dave Mona. You're listening to the 25th anniversary live broadcast, Sports Tunnel, Sid and Dave. Sid was ubiquitous. If there was an event, he was there. If there was a press conference, he was probably in the way. Sid Hartman, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Team on his back tonight. How you doing, sir? Just walk in front of body. Just walk in front of everybody's shot and just put his joint up there. But that was just part of the package, along with his close personal friendships. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a tremendous honor to present you one of the finest men ever to be associated with the National Football League. My very close personal friend, Bud Grant. Bud Grant actually had Sid present him at the Hall of Fame. It was a great honor for me, the first sports writer ever to introduce anybody at the Hall of Fame. And we all heard about the others, George Steinbrenner, Lou Holtz, and Bobby Knight. Friendships built on Sid not doing the thing that made him famous, reporting. I've talked to Sid about things over the years that I know would be very good for him to write about that he's never written about. Whatever we talked about, he never, ever reported. He never said Bud said, or he never would say anonymously, or you know where it would come from. Most remarkable, Sid never lost the passion, working as hard in his 70s, 80s, and 90s as he did in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Sid's column, does it look the same as it did the first time he wrote it to where we are? Over lunch at Murray's in 2005, while celebrating his 60th year at the newspaper, Sid said I'd understand why he'd never quit. You aren't doing this job because it's a job. You love every day of it, see. There's some guys on this business other TV guys, maybe in this town, it's just a job too. And you love it, and that's why you do it. And I love it, that's why I do it. There you go, guys. And, and cool. Sid, and Sid uh, was, he was quite a guy. I mean, it, it, he was he was one of those guys, he was awfully opinionated when he did his shows on CCO, and you knew exactly where Sid stood. If you, if you didn't, you weren't listening. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, maybe next week we'll have a little more. If David, our uh, friend David, USF, gets some stuff, we'll, we'll uh, put well, in we, the... Uh, well, maybe I'll send you here. We might have some stuff. Who knows? Yeah, yeah that's true. Okay. We have uh, four more here. Lewis Carter, 70, 67 years old. He died of blood cancer. He uh, was a running back in the NFL, played for the Raiders in 75, Tampa Bay in 76 through 78. He started 14 of his 52 games. He ran for 940 yards. 
and uh, three, uh, 378 receiving yards, four rushing touchdowns, one passing touchdown. Part of the 0-14, they ought to give them something. The 0-14, maybe, maybe they have a champagne party when the last team wins or something. I don't even know. Actually, there's the Lions that lost all their games, too. But they were 0-14 in 1976. But this guy threw, his, threw a shovel pass. It was the first touchdown pass. You know, as Tom Brady throws his passes now, we can think back to this guy throwing his first touchdown pass for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a running back, a shovel pass on the 17th of October in 76 against Seattle. That was the other expansion team that came in that year. And he had 22 returns for 410 yards and uh, 10 uh, fumbles and two recoveries. So he wasn't good at recovering his own fumble. J.W. Porter, 87 years old. He started out with, he was a catcher and outfielder. Started out with the St. Louis Browns in 52. Went in the military in 53 and 54. uh, Came back to Detroit from 55 through 57. Cleveland in 58. Washington and St. Louis in 59. And then 220 29 games, a 228 batting average, eight home runs, 62 RBIs, 124 hits. So he's kind of a backup uh, utility guy. Then, but he was a minor league manager for the Montreal Expos, and uh, he uh, he died of respiratory problems. Then we have uh, Fred Dean, 68 years old, San Diego Chargers, 75 through 81. San Francisco, 81 through 85. So he got there just when uh, things were getting good for the 49ers. And so he won two Super Bowls in 82 and 85, uh, four Pro Bowls in 79 through 81 and 83. And then uh, the NFC Defensive Player of the Year in 81 and 82. And uh, he had, uh, he uh, let's see, he had one interception, 13 fumble recoveries, two touchdowns, one of them, one, uh, one with a fumble and one uh, with an interception. And uh he was uh, in the, Los Angeles, uh, the Louisiana Tech Hall of Fame in 1990 and the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 08 and College Football Hall of Fame in 09, and he died of the virus, unfortunately. And then we have um, Ken Rice, 81. He's a two-time All-American at Auburn. He was drafted eighth in the NFL in 1961 and first in the AFL in 1961. And then he ended up playing uh, in the AFL from 61 through 63, played for Buffalo. He's an offensive lineman, 64 through 65 from, uh, for Oakland and then Miami in 66 and 67. And he was an AFL All-Star in 61. And the last guy is Warren Mitchell, 87 years old. And he was a high school coach in Newport News, Virginia, from um, 60 through 64, then assistant at Davidson, 64 through 66, and then William & Mary head coach from 66 through 72, and then in the Southern Conference record of 33 and 37, and his overall record was not good, 58 and 98, and he also died of the virus. And that is it. And one other note on Fred Dean, if you're watching the 49ers game tonight, on all the 49ers helmets, they have a decal that says... Uh, rest in peace, Fred Dean, and then they have the number 74. Good. So. Well, we've got okay. two right. scintillating games going on right now, Sean, so why don't you give us the wrap-up so we can go enjoy them. Yeah. Right. So, huh. you, like I said, if you want to hear this again, if you want to tell a friend, download the podcast, legendoldies.com, uh, Sports Lounge Live, three words in your podcatcher. Uh, tell your smart device to play Sports Lounge Live on Apple Podcasts or go to 773-572-3006, option number nine. Leave us uh, messages, uh, Sports Lounge at allthingsradio.net, 800-693-0595, option two, or go to 773-572-7715, hit pound key and you know, when you hear the greeting, just send us a message that way. So we'll be back next week. we got some stuff to go watch, man. World Series to talk about next week. All right. Or 